Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, we have big, exciting news to talk about today. Yes, this is our 250th episode. Wow. You go back to November 2014 and think eight and a half years later, we're still doing this show. We've done 250 tech gumbos. That is truly a tremendous amount, and I that it, it continues to shock me. And when you consider the wide breadth of topics that we've talked about through the years, the number of guests that we've had on the show from so many different walks of life, it's really been a fun ride. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it a lot, and I look forward to 250 more. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's let's kick this show off and start with something we've been kicking a bunch lately, and that would be Netflix. Yes, their password sharing crackdown is ratcheting up right now. It's rolling through Spain right now. It's rolling through some other countries right now, but it's not quite here in the U.S. That's right. They, they've they been doing this up there in Canada. And if you want that extra member per month, well, we're going to charge you an extra seven, eight bucks a month for those additional users. And different. But the price is fluctuating based upon the country where you're in. If you're in New Zealand, it's only $4 a month. If you're in, in the European nations, it's $6 a month. And so Netflix is just throwing a whole lot up against the wall and seeing what sticks right now. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that there's some calculation as to what will different markets pay for it. Because even inside of European nations, you have different in Portugal versus different in Spain. And so those two countries share a border and it's a different price. And so they are very much trying a bunch of different things here. And I, I'm still skeptical of it. They've come out and the CEO has said traditional corporate speak that, oh, we're happy with how it's going. But the numbers don't quite tell the same story. No, they don't. 
Netflix added 1.75 million subscribers in the first quarter of 2023. Hey, that sounds like a good deal, except that Wall Street was expecting them to bring in 20% more than that. Yes, to only meet 80% of your expected total, that's not great. And especially whenever you start to zoom down, the Spain, where they just rolled out this password sharing crackdown, saw a 1 million subscriber drop. And so Netflix is either thinking that a lot of people who are kicked off will buy the cheaper portion, or, or they just don't care anymore and they'll make more money per subscriber. And so their total revenue will go up even though their subscribership drops. But that feels like a, a very thin line to walk and I, I still just, with how saturated the market is, you don't have your stranglehold anymore. And there's a lot of people who were just saying, you're too expensive, period. And they're pulling the plug. They're not just not doing the sharing and adding on. They're just not not maintaining their, their Netflix subscription, waiting maybe for whenever the next big hot show comes in and they'll do one month of it at that point to go download the show and then cancel their subscription again. Yeah, their argument is that, okay, well, you know, that if you have this $5 a month or $7 a month with ads, maybe that's a price point that people are much more likely to stick around with. Maybe you have a bundle. So the Disney Plus has their Hulu, Disney, Paramount Plus. You know, I have a Hulu and Spotify bundle. And so if you start to do some things like that, maybe you convince people to stick around. But this is a, a it's all new territory that a lot of these streaming services aren't profitable. They've been expected to be lost leaders or just grow till at some point in time in the future, they'll become profitable. But this is a very tight industry and it's coming due for them to have to start making money at some point in time. You know, you brought up the the plan that includes ads. People go to Netflix so they don't see ads. And to think, well, that's going to work. We'll put ads in there to offset the revenue and people are going to be okay with that is a serious miscalculation, in my opinion. I think it's it's interesting because I, I very much agree that that's always been one of the beauties of Netflix was that you don't have that break for ads that it does flow right into each other and a lot of the shows were designed around this idea that you have that immediate from one episode into another and you don't have that even if it's a 30 second or one minute gap that they they intentionally wrote their narratives they intentionally structured and designed their episodes so that you keep watching because they were trying to maximize retention well you know that is going to change because now you're that's a great place to put an ad is the 30 second or one minute or longer. Sometimes the Hulu ads can be two minutes or three minutes there. Maybe that is enough time for me to say, oh, okay, I'm going to pause it. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then you grab a snack and you say, all right, well, you know, it, I have watched about an hour now. I can go do something else where if I was sitting there turning episodes around one after another, you don't have that idea in the middle there. I don't know. This is quite a big change in their thinking about how they make content. Another thing Netflix is changing is they're going to stop sending out DVDs in September. 
Yes, they're still sending out DVDs. I think that's the bigger headline there. That I didn't know this was still a thing. Congrats to them for for still pulling that off. But yeah, I, I really do wonder how was it just one intern mailing them out? Because I, I can't imagine that there were that many people anymore. Don't even know who still has DVD players. That's a better question. I I, I don't own a disk drive and have not for a while on any laptop that I own across the four or five laptops that I've had in the past several years, work, home, computer, whatever, school, I don't have access to disk drives. I know we still have an Xbox that's not plugged in anywhere. I guess if I needed to, I could plug a DVD into that if I powered it up and found something to plug the Xbox into. But that's the only thing that would show a DVD in this house. Yeah, and at that point in time, you were going so far to your way just to get the DVD. It's in the past decade, it's been so much easier to just hook it, hook whatever device to the internet. The whole idea when you went to Netflix and you said, okay, it's Tuesday, let's order this so we'll have the DVDs for the weekend. Well, we are such a gotta have it now. You get mad when it takes 30 seconds to download a movie as opposed to three days for the DVD to show up in the mail. Oh, yeah, it's and I think, honestly, that's fascinating that they were able to pivot, that they were the mail order DVD. And that that was game changing at the time. And then they they pioneered the streaming service. I think that's what we will ultimately remember them for. That's, you know, that that they were the mail order in the middle will probably be lost in a lot of ways. But this this streaming, this instantaneous, this internet culture that they really were part of this change to is their true legacy, in my opinion. Moving along, maybe you've heard Facebook has given out money. They've got $725 million available in a privacy settlement. This is this is kind of whoop-de-doo for me. That's it's not it's, news. It, it's seven hundred twenty-five million dollars. I'm going to be rich if this is available for anyone in the U.S. And so, if we assume that there's probably three hundred million Facebook accounts here in the U.S., maybe more whenever we consider just the number of people who have had one and aren't still around to use it. You know how how they're going to start breaking this money down. If only a hundred million people claim it, and there's seven hundred twenty-five million dollars. Everyone gets seven twenty-five. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not gonna be rich from my Facebook windfall. Even even if ten million people claim it, that's seventy-two fifty. Okay, well, you know, now that's a nice dinner. That's that's at least something worth writing home about. I was I was I was building my retirement around this. I'm 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 so heartbroken. Facebook is not gonna not gonna give me the millions of dollars back that I've spent. Oh, wait, that's right. I've not spent any money on Facebook because it's been free because they've been scraping my data and selling me for years. I think that's the bigger thing here is that the value that an individual has generated for Facebook from Facebook scraping our data is far, far more than whatever payout that I'm going to get from the settlement. And so if this is Going back all the way to 2007, this is 15 years that this lawsuit covers, and it's only $725 million for Facebook. This is not enough to cause them to change or to do anything different. 
And in fact, it likely emboldens them because if this is the the biggest swing that we can take and it exists as a rounding error, then there's no incentive for them to change or improve. Absolutely. This is so disappointing that Facebook is out there trumpeting that this big $725 million settlement's going to make people, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just They're just spewing garbage out and talking about how good this is going to be for people. It's going to cost Facebook more in money to process the $725 million than it will for anybody to get any money out. Oh, and the law firm that won this lawsuit, they're going to get a nice settlement out of this. They're going to do very well for themselves. But if you were someone and this this matters to you, you can go to FacebookUserPrivacySettlement.com and collect your single-digit dollars, maybe double-digit dollars, if if you really win the, the, win the lottery here. But this is, okay, fine, whatever. I, I've been beaten, and I, I am disillusioned in my views of the social media giants. Agreed. Speaking of social media, the Georgia National Guard is tracking high school kids with geofenced advertising to recruit them to the Georgia Army National Guard. Yeah, this one is rough because they're specifically sending ads to high school students to encourage them to enlist in the Army. Now, look, I'm all for recruiting people to be enlisted in the Army. You know, that's a valuable profession. I'm glad for what they bring to our country. It can be an excellent opportunity for people who see that as their career path. That is completely fine. The problem is, is that they are geofencing and targeting minors with ads. That's where we draw the line here. When that student walks off campus, they literally cross the street of away from the school. They no longer see these ads. But when they're on campus, whether they're on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook, not TikTok because the National Guard's not using TikTok. Remember, TikTok bad. But they're using all these other social media platforms to push their ads only when you're on campus. So if you're in Miss Smith's algebra class, they're pushing ads to you in the middle of class. This is something that if this were any other agency other than the National Guard, we would be lighting ourselves on fire, angry about this, that we spend so much time talking about not really going after your children with all of the the worst parts of the internet because they're not set up to handle it yet. They don't have the digital hygiene to understand all these things. Laws exist in place in order to prevent them from having their data harvested for reasons like this. And the National Guard is going to say, look, maybe Miss Smith is also getting the ad to join the National Guard. She's welcome, too. We're not just going after the kids. It's anyone who happens to step foot on campus. But they know that in a high school of a thousand students, you have maybe a hundred faculty and staff. They know. And this is absolutely something that we should not allow for anyone to do. We should not be targeting 
high school students and younger with ads. We should be protecting them because they are not ready to handle this yet. And and this is the ethical debate. These kids, six, 15, 16, 17 years old, are getting these ads, encouraging them to join the military, which, again, is a great profession. It's a great opportunity. This is not an, about the military. This is about data privacy, digital rights, and what we're doing. And this is just wrong on a lot of levels. Absolutely. If they want to send a recruiter in and to have someone be there on campus in the designated time, the designated location to say, hey, look, we think the National Guard works for you. I'm on board with that. But this is not that. And we need to be very clear that any organization, regardless of who they are, should not be doing this. Speaking of not doing these things, the Dutch police have been sending some interesting correspondence to a whole lot of hackers. I I love this, actually. The Dutch police, we talked in the past couple of weeks about there was the very large raid of raid forums where a lot of the cybersecurity arms of international agencies went through the, these secret societies who were much less secret than they thought and started cracking down a lot of this stuff. Well, the Dutch have issued warnings. They've said, you are less anonymous online than you think. Do you still choose to commit cybercrime? Then be aware of the consequences. This is just great. I mean, when the police or just saying, look, we know you're out there. We know where you are. We know what you're doing. Stop. Now, if you don't, we have a jail cell for you because we will put you in that jail. We're giving you the opportunity right now to use your skills for good. Go be a white hack. Earn $100,000 in cybersecurity. But if you don't, we're coming for you. And in just the, in a nice friendly little tone. We're not saying, hey, we're, we're going to come beat the crap out of you and, and throw you in jail. We're giving you the opportunity to do the right thing here. Oh, and I think this is absolutely brilliant that the people who were on these sites clearly knew their way around computers. These are people with skills and with talents. And it's so much better for society if they say, oh, maybe I don't make quite as much money, but I'm not going to jail if I do the right thing. And that's that countermeasure of you make zero dollars a year sitting in jail. And so that's the goal here is, look, we don't want to have to throw you in jail. We will. But go ahead. Make the right choice for yourself. It was really your idea to stop committing crime all along. The last story we wanted to talk about was a really fascinating story where a patient is forcing a hospital to pay a ransomware via a lawsuit because there were some photos that were taken of her when she was going through a cancer treatment. These are not porn photos. These were pictures that were taken of her, and she did not even know about these pictures. And so now... She's found out that these pictures are out there on different forums, and she wants this hospital to pay the ransomware so the ransomware folks will take the pictures down off the internet. This is unfortunate for her because it's this does not seem like the lever to pull here. That these photos are already on an online forum, and so 
there's very little incentive for this hacker group to remove them. And it's not even clear that if the ransom were paid, that hacker group would do this. This feels like you're really taking the wrong swing here. This is more akin to howling at the moon and hoping that the moon cares. These hackers, if they're sitting in North Korea or Russia or wherever they are, they don't care about you. And and, and it's very, very sad, very, very unfortunate for this woman that these pictures of her exist and that they've been put on the internet. But suing this hospital, forcing them to pay a $5 million ransom that you think is going to actually get these pictures taken down is not how the internet works. Right. I think she has a much better case if she says, if she sues the hospital directly and says, these pictures were taken without my knowledge. And then because you experienced a data breach there online, I'm suing the hospital for damages. That tracks the hospital was negligent in their cybersecurity. The, the existence of the pictures in and of themselves is a whole other case. But this is, as you said, not how the internet works. That's this is just not a lever that she can pull here. And so I really hope that she's able to find peace, that she's able to be made whole again. But this doesn't seem like how you go about that path. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.